And coming up next on 2NURFM, we'll be talking travel. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein, and she's taking us to Hawaii. Wow, what a place to go. And she'll also be discussing why we travel and how best to plan for your trip. It's ten past one and we are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and we're thinking about why we travel. Exactly, Jane. Why do we? Why do we? And I mean, I guess there are all sorts of different reasons. It could be for visiting family. It could be business. It could be cultural, uh, you know, just pure relaxation, R&R. There's so many different reasons as to why we travel. And then the next thing is to decide where in the world do you want to go or should you go or, you know, do you have a favourite place? So I just thought we'd sort of go through this a little bit today. And I think the important thing is to take time to plan. Um, think about a focus of your holiday of what you want, you know, the most important part of that holiday is. And also gathering information, you know, reading as preparation, you know, it's all important. I mean, it's all very well to walk into a travel agent and say, can you plan a holiday to Europe for me? And I'm not sure what I want to do. If you walk in and say, hey, I've been really wanting to go to Europe for the last X amount of years and I've been doing my research and my husband and I really know now that we really want to visit, you know, X, Y and Z, it really helps the travel agent plan because if they've never met you before, if you're the your first time, you know, that they've met you, they don't know your background or what your interests are. And of course, you build up a rapport then with your travel agent who understands your needs and will then always be able to assist you in getting the best value for money out of your holiday and I often find there are some couples who just say oh my husband's not interested or whatever can I talk to all the husbands out there to please be interested the thing is you want to get as much out of that holiday as your wife does or your partner and it's it's so important and I do say to couples sit down with a piece of paper each don't say a word to each other and write down your expectations out of this holiday and the places you want to go Okay, so you look at the two pieces of paper and you find there are some common ground there. So obviously you'll definitely go to those places because you both want to go there. The rest of the list, you'll have to probably toss a coin. You might not be able to do all those things, but you might say the wife, well, I really did want to do this. And he might say, I really did want to go to the James Bond Museum or I really want to go to Monet's Garden. So, you know, you have to have a bit of balance there between the two of you. So a bit of negotiation could help A bit of negotiation. And if you're going with friends to... (laughs) You might have the best friends in the world, but you don't live with them 24-7. It's not like a husband and wife where you know each other really inside out as much as you think you might. And when you travel with people, give yourself time to chill out. Do things on your own. Don't do everything together. You know, I think that's really important. I've seen some quite fractious situations occur, you know, where where so-called friends have gone away together and they're not all that friendly at the end. But if you do do it wisely and you do choose to sort of, you know, have that chill out time and give yourself enough time in each place. If you're staying somewhere for three nights, that's really only two days because by the time you arrive, check into your hotel, which often isn't till 2pm, your checkout's 11, so there's a part of each of those two days gone. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking, how much time do I need to explore this city, to really see what I want to see? Give yourself time and don't try and do everything. Pick, pick the you know the eyes out of it and really just do it and do it properly because otherwise you'll be coming home very very disappointed and very tired because you've just done a rush 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 and you really haven't enjoyed it as much as you could have. Um, there's all sorts of websites too, Jane, that you can have a look at if you're wanting information to help you. Um, SBS has got a great 
you know, um, website themselves and they've got a world guide which you can access in there which gives you information on cities and facts and figures, you know. It could be a little bit dry sometimes but it really gives you population, temperatures, currency, you know, all the basics about places. Um, don't forget the DFAT website, you know, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade which, of course, is a wonderful one that gives you all sorts of information on foreign countries, land, people, government, economy, political conditions, etc. Um, there is obviously tripadvisor.com, that's there. And I mean, again, just be careful about the reviews on there. Um, sometimes they're not objective, they're more subjective. Um, people have different opinions. You know, someone will complain about a hotel and it's only because the room was small. But saying, well, when you go to Europe, what you want to remember, particularly there, it's old hotels in old cities. They don't have big rooms. It's not like new modern hotels, you know. So a three-star in Europe is probably like a two-star somewhere else or you know, exactly you know, down a star at least from, say, Asia or America or even Australia. So just keep those things in mind. Um, so all sorts of websites. You know, check with your travel agent and they'll always be able to give you, you know, other websites you can look at as well. And the thing is you've got to ask yourself truthfully, I think, how much can I absorb and understand, you know, in one day or one week? And there's language to consider as well. So, you know, and always be prepared. Be friendly. Have a phrase book or have a little list that you can get with the usual little bits and pieces and have it even on a piece of paper if you don't want to take a book and have just some phrases that will get you by when you're going to these countries. They really do appreciate the fact that you try and, you know, talk to them in their language, even if you first say, look, you know, I am Australian, but then you try and say a few words. It really will do immense things for you to do that. What sort of phrases do you learn when you go to a country? Basically, I think it's to say good morning or good evening, you know, hello, goodbye, um, to ask about a restaurant if you want to book a table, uh, just a simple phrase, you know, I would like a reservation for two persons, you know, and, and a time. Learning your times, you know, if you need to. Um, a station, where is the railway station? Where is the airport? Where can I get a taxi? You know, so basically simple transport things, lodging like accommodation, simple things, I would like a room for two nights or, you know, so just some little simple phrases that you can jot down before you go and it really will help you and it just saves stress. No one wants stress when they travel. You really want to enjoy that holiday to the utmost. So the more you plan before you go, the more you'll get out of it and you'll, you will come out of it feeling that you've really, really done your research and really got that value for money out of your holiday and get your travel agent to help you. That's what they're there for. I mean, you can do your research, but they'll help you string it together to say, look, no, don't do it that way. You know, you're really going around the world for sixpence. This is a better way of doing it or here's a better connection or, you know, so planning and that takes time, especially if you're going to go away for, say, a month or something. It requires quite a bit of planning. So, you know, the better prepared you are and please, boys as well as girls, can you both get involved in planning your holiday? You'll get so much more out of it. You really will. Sally Lucas and I are talking travel and we're going to one of the well, perhaps more exotic destinations but close that we think of. Yes, well, it's it's fairly close for us, I guess, Jane. It's about 10 hours to fly to Hawaii from here and from about Hawaii to the US mainland is about another five, just to give you an idea. Um, Far Hawaii, enough. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, Hawaiian Airlines, I just thought we'd talk about them initially because what they're doing, they're starting a new service, which is lovely for Queenslanders, from Brisbane to Honolulu on the 28th of November and they've had some lovely um, you know, special airfares etc on that 
that. But unfortunately, they're due to finish on Monday. So unless you jump in very quickly today or Monday, you won't get those good airfares. But having said that, it's a good opportunity even for us, Novocastrians and other people of North New South Wales. You don't have to go to Sydney. You can, you know, drive if you're close enough to Brisbane or hop on a flight, cheap flight from here to Brisbane. And it obviates that nasty trip down the freeway which can be fraught with problems and you know checking in so it's just good to note that and even though they're only initially starting out you know a few days a week they're going to be increasing their service which is good to know and the other good thing is it leaves at 6.35 in the evening which means it gives you plenty of time to get there and of course you always gain time when you go to Honolulu because you're crossing the date line so you'll get in still that same day. So, you know, it's, it's something to consider. I know it's always a bit weird. So you get in at 8 o'clock in the morning the same day. You've left here at 6.35 in the evening. Now, initially, that's just Wednesdays, Fridays and Sundays, and they're returning Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturday. There's 767 aircraft. Um, they're seating 264 passengers in a two-class cabin, 18 in business, 246 in economy. And also next year, they're going to be operating 18 special flights between March and May, which means that's giving about 5,000 extra seats to the route. So that is is you know really great and then as I said you've got the wonderful connection to the USA mainland cities then as well that they fly on to like San Francisco, Vegas, Seattle, Sacramento and so on. So this is all good news I think and giving us extra capacity and extra seats so why not grab a holiday and go off to Hawaii. And when we're there. And when you're there, and um, if you happen to be there this year, like December, January, don't forget the big wave. Of course, events are on from now through till about probably March, April, you can go around the North Shore and see those incredible monsters, which I think would be wonderful. I've never been fortunate to be there at that time to see that, but it would be a wonderful thing to experience, and I think anyone who's there at that time should do so. Um, Kauai, that lovely island which has got the small canyon on it called the Waimea Canyon, quite a deep canyon. They call it the Miniature Grand Canyon. Beautiful colours, lovely walks. and It's a quite a high island, Kauai, and you, it's quite cool when you get to the top, actually. I, I was there once and went, oh, a bit shivery, and a, a little low cloud. We went through low cloud even. you know. So it's it's very different island, and all of the islands in the Hawaiian group have been active volcanically, but all at different times in their life. So Kauai has now got this wonderful canyon which was caused by that sort of activity. You go to Maui and it's considered the Garden Isle. It's very lush and tropical flowers, etc. Uh, Molokai, which has not really been um, promoted tourism-wise, you can go there. Many moons ago, it was the original leper colony. Of course, there was a movie that I've forgotten the name of that Brian... Um, Mm. Not Brian, David Wenham was in as the priest. Um, but that's all gone now, of course. But that's, if you wanted something really quiet and relaxing and not as busy, it is a beautiful little island as well. Then you've got the big island of Hawaii. And people get confused. When we say Hawaii, they think that that is where the capital is, but it's not. It's on the island of Oahu, which is where Honolulu is. Hawaii is the largest island in the group and it is very, very active volcanically constantly. So it's one island where you can go or one place of the world you can go other than Vanuatu where you can go and actually, you know, visually see active volcanic activity, which is quite remarkable. Lava flowing. Absolutely. So, and to do an aerial flight is fantastic, especially if you're there at a time when it's having a little bit of a, you know, an angry time and you can see it from the air as the, as the lava hits the water and all the steam comes up, etc. And you can even do, they do boat trips around where you can experience that as well and also
also, for anyone going to Hawaii at this time of the year, it's whale watching time from December through to May. And you'll see the wonderful humpbacks around the various different islands at that time of the year as well. And they have lots of lovely Christmas events and festivals and throughout the year. But if you get onto the Hawaii Visitors Bureau, got a mine of information in there about all the islands, about events and activities and so on. A very temperate climate. It's a lovely climate. Even in the middle of summer, it doesn't get that awful hot, humid weather, but you will get a bit more rain, which is the opposite season of us, which is our winter, which, of course, is, is that July, August time. But even if you're there, December, January, you're going to get really lovely, pleasant, uh, like 20s, mid, mid to tw- high 20 temperatures and not high humidity. So it's really a lovely time to go in our Christmas school holidays for anyone wanting to head that way. It's a fantastic time to go. So I think with the advent of having Hawaiian Airlines now coming out of Brisbane as well as daily out of Sydney, that's giving us just another opportunity to get seats. If you're finding it difficult to obtain seats out of Sydney, think of Brisbane as a, an alternative because I think that's incredible to do that and just hop on a flight from here up. Why not? Why not? So Hawaii, yes, 10 hours away, not that far, beautiful destination, friendly people, the US dollar's on our side. So, you know, it's a great time to go. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM, where it's 25 to 2.